0: We'd like to welcome you to The Journey from the Hill. This is a weekly podcast of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. Each week, you'll hear biblical teaching from our pastor, Dr. Shannon Moses. At the end of today's podcast, you'll hear a way to reach out to us with any questions you might have about this message. Now, let's prayerfully listen as Dr. Moses opens the Word of God. Go with me quickly. Go with me quickly over to Luke. Luke chapter 15. Last week we looked at the three, we looked at two of, we saw the lost sheep and the lost coin. Jesus goes and he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And you know the collectors and the sinners sort of leaned in and the Pharisees grumbled. There in Luke chapter 15, they began grumbling. And this final parable that Jesus uses, remember we talked last week, there's, There's two groups, and of those groups, there's the lost and the found. Guys, even in this room this morning, there are only two groups. There are those who are lost, and there are those who have been found. Those that are are saved, and those that are not saved. These parables speak to that point. These parables speak to how God constantly pursues after you and I. The Bible says God desires none To perish, no, not one. He desires every person to come to save in knowledge. Scripture tells us over in 2 Peter chapter 3, The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God desires that. God is pleased when someone who has rebelled against him and and a person turns, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must come to saving knowledge in Jesus Christ. And the lost sheep, he leaves the ninety-nine and he goes after the one. In the lost coin, the woman has ten. She loses one. She thoroughly searches all through her house. And when she finds it, they throw a huge party. And they're so excited. And that, remember in Scripture, those in the presence of angels. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 of Luke chapter 15 says this. It says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Then over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Look at verse 10. In the same way, I tell you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I pray. This morning, I pray that you've repented. I pray that you are not trying to find salvation in your own strength, in your own way, in any other way other than the salvation provided through Christ and him alone. There is no other name under heaven by which men are saved. And this morning I want to read I want to read quickly this parable, beginning in verse 11, and he said, "A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. Not going this morning, you've heard these stories. Not going this morning to talk about how, how hard-hearted this actually was for the younger son to go to the father. Basically what he's doing... And, uh, He don't say it, but he's basically saying, Daddy, I'm so ready to get out of this place. I wish you were dead. I want what's rightfully due me. I want to get out of here. And he goes. His heart is wrong. He has rebelled against the Father. And he runs and he goes. And not many days later, verse 13, the younger son gathered everything together. Not many days later, this is a premeditated move, This is a premeditated act of rebellion. Guys, mankind rebels against the Father. We want our way. We want to do what we want to do. We want to run. We want to go. We want to have our own wills, not the will of the Father. Not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in the country and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating and no one, notice this, no one was giving anything to him. He hit rock bottom. He found himself so far away from the perfect will. He found himself... Guys, it's hard to read this. It's hard to read this and it's hard to talk about this without seeing the rebellious nature of humanity, without seeing a, a man and his waywardness when he hits rock bottom. Listen, God will allow you on your own strength, doing it your own way to hit rock bottom. You don't have to though. You don't have to go so far away from God. God desires a relationship with you. God doesn't desire you to be out there wandering at the lowest places. You know, what profits a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? It doesn't matter. Everything the world has to offer is filthy rags. The goodness of this world is but filthy rags. Money and stuff and cars and houses and and all this stuff upon stuff. None of that is going to get us into eternity. But Jesus. Verse 17. He came to his senses. Praise God. Praise God that you and I have a God who pursues us. Have a God who who has sent His Spirit to convict us and to draw us. Praise God for faithful men and women who boldly preach. faith, Praise God for faithful uh, Bible study teachers and Sunday school teachers. And Praise God for faithful mamas and daddies who stand in the gap and stay on their knees in prayer for their sons and daughters, that the Holy Spirit of God will break their hearts and show them their desperate need of a Savior. And he came to his senses, the Holy Spirit moved in his life. In verse 17, but when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my fathers hired me and have more than enough bread? But I'm dying here with hunger. Notice the repentant heart. He says, I'll get up and go to my father and I'll say, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired Men, there was a brokenness. When we come to Christ, we don't come in arrogance. We come in a spirit of we bring nothing. We come broken. We come with nothing. King Jesus, you did it all. I I cannot save myself. You have done it all for me. And I repent and I come in brokenness. Guys, you don't wake up and say, I'm going to add Jesus to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go, go get a little bit of that church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go turn my life around. I'm going to go act right now. True repentance. True conversion. True turning from our life to His way. There is a, there is a transformation that takes place. There's only two groups. There's only two groups. And to be brought from death to life, there is a transformation. To be brought from death to life, there is a repentance. There is a turning. The old things do not bring us pleasure anymore. The old things make us sick when we go there. The old way of life breaks our heart when our flesh, O oh, wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death. We see Paul in Romans 7 and we agree with him. I don't like this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. God, for- forgive me. God, break these chains. Lord, free me from this. Paul says, I prayed three times that God would take it away from me. And he says, when you're weak, I'm strong. It's not a flippant. It's not to be taken lightly. A relationship with the Lord coming to Christ. It's not as simple as repeat after me. Say this prayer. Do not hang on to a prayer and call it conversion. Do not hang on to a prayer you prayed whenever. Hey, are you a Christian? Yeah, I prayed a prayer one time. Well, is Christ Lord today? Jesus has got to be Lord today constantly. It's not just a, hey, way back then I made a decision. I walked the aisle. I got in some water. I did something. That's not salvation. There's a conversion. There's a a transformation. There is something radical that takes place. Look at where this kid was and look at what he does and look at where he goes. He sees where he is and how he's out of the wheel and he's broken over it and he confesses his sin through the Father. But notice the grace of the Father. Notice the grace of God. Verse 20, So he got up and he came to his Father. But while he was still a long ways off, his Father saw him and felt compassion for him. You know, that text is always, that that text is so sweet. God was waiting on him to turn. God was right there. The father was, the father, can you imagine every day the father got up and he got ready and he stared down the road waiting on his wayward son to come home. Praise God that we serve a God who every single day that you and I are alive stares down our life. And pours grace upon grace upon grace upon grace we see. Did you realize, do you realize that the lost people get the same Son we get? The lost people get the same health we get. The lost people get the same goodness and mercy. And they get the same stuff. And they get the same goodness poured out on them that we get. And the Holy Spirit is convicting, and the Holy Spirit is drawing, and the Holy Spirit is working. And He's waiting for people to turn from rebelling, turn from living a life for themselves, to surrendering to the Father and coming home. There's only two groups there are those who have stopped running and have come home, or there are those who are still. Rebelling, away from God, out of God's will, separate. There's only two groups. He says, I'm going to go. We got up and the father saw him and the father gets up and he runs toward him. So he got up and he came to the father, but while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He confesses his sin. He confesses his waywardness. He confesses his rebellion. But notice what God does when you turn and you come back to God, when you give God your life, when you surrender and allow him to be Lord of your life, notice what God does. The Bible says, I have not seen ear or heard or entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love Him. We have no clue what's awaiting us as sons and daughters of Him. We have no clue. Notice what God does. The son comes back to the father expecting to maybe be able to go out and be one of the hired hands. Maybe go out and be one of the slaves. Just maybe he will receive me back into his house. But the father said to his slaves, verse 22, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. This is a kid who had turned his back and ran. He said, I want you dead. I want my stuff now. I don't want to be in this home anymore. I want to go. And the father uh, constantly, daily, stared down the road, come home and expected, longed for, desired his son to come home. And the kid repented, and God started, the father started lavishing goodness out upon him. Bring not just a robe, but the best robe. You are a son, and you're not just a son, you are my son. He brought him and he made him a part of the family. Notice he says also put a ring on his hand, put a ring on him. He has authority. He has position. He has a place in our family. He's not just a son, but he has a position in my family. And put shoes on his feet. He's no longer a slave. He is made. Guys. Guys. When you and I trust Christ as Lord and Savior, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet appeared as what we will be. We know when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Simple question this morning. Are you still running? Are you still running, trying to do it your own way, in your own strength, and in your own power? Are you still trying to save yourself somehow? Heard that preaching all my life. I've been a Christian all my life. I was born a Christian. Nine months before I came to church, my mama had me in the womb. I've been, I grew up in church, been a Christian all my life. No, you're not. You must repent and believe. You must trust Christ and believe. If you haven't, you're still running. But the good news of the gospel is that we have a Savior who has come and has given us hope and freedom and and forgiveness and when we simply turn the father no matter how far we've ran away no matter what you've done the father's waiting on you to come home he don't desire you to perish he desires you to be saved father god Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that no one here is running. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus that everyone here is saved. Lord, thank you for being so patient with us, long-suffering with us. God, I thank you for your love that over looks a whole multitude of our sins but god we cannot we cannot save ourselves we cannot do it alone god nobody in this room yet has to hit rock bottom listen you you don't have to hit rock bottom you can simply trust christ and he'll save you, you have to repent you have to believe. You have to turn back and receive Him as Lord and Savior. God in heaven, we give you praise. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross and being willing to go to a borrowed tomb. and. You're sh- your power to overwhelm death, hell, and the grave. We are the beneficiaries of that great love. To the Father, Lord, move in this room. Move over your people. God, help us. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you received a blessing from this week's message. If you have any questions about what you've heard from Pastor Shannon this week, you may call our church office at area code 205-339-4071. We pray that God's word strengthens you as you go on your journey today.